Don't worry, I'm not going to sing a solo. As Christians, uh, we don't just celebrate a day called Christmas. We celebrate a season called Advent. Advent is about waiting. Advent is all about delayed gratification. We live now sandwiched between two Advents. The first, when Christ came as a baby born in a manger, and the second Advent, when he will come in power, rise clouds of heaven. But until then, until that second Advent, we wait in hope for his coming. Or do we? <laughs> Let's face it, we hate to wait. We hate to wait for lights to turn green. We hate to wait for long-winded preachers to finish the sermon. We hate to wait for lines at Walmart and Meyer to get shorter. Speaking of lines, I watched some of you last week waiting in that long line to get your food during the Thanksgiving feast. And some of you were about to have a meltdown waiting in that line. And I'm not just talking about the kids either. We hate to wait. And we live in a day and age when we don't have to wait long at all. Uh, We can have almost anything we want as soon as we want it. Uh, We can have any information we want, thanks to the internet, as soon as we want it. We can buy almost any product we want to have when we want it, thanks to credit. We hate to wait. Culture has conditioned us to struggle with the concept of delayed gratification. I remember uh, decades ago, Heinz 57 Ketchup had a commercial that tried to lead us to believe that waiting for slow, thick ketchup to come out of a bottle was a good thing. And you remember how we used to just bang that number 57 on the bottle with an open hand punch? Remember that? So that our hand would turn black and blue? We hate to wait. I mean, it's December 1st, but I wonder how many of you on November 1st were already playing Handel's Messiah, Amy Grant's Christmas, and Alvin and the Chipmunks. You know who you are. You couldn't wait for December. We hate to wait because waiting for a long time for anything leads to desperation. In fact, one of the Grinches that often steals Christmas right from out from under our nose is despair. Some of you have been waiting a really, really long time for something. And you're on the verge of despair. And if you've been waiting a really, really long time for something, you know what it's like to be Anna. We meet Anna in Luke chapter 2. Mary and Joseph have brought Jesus, the child, to the temple for the equivalent of child dedication. And that's when Anna sees the Christ. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 36. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. 
She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna was a widow. In fact, seven years after she was married, her husband died and she had been a widow until she was 84. Women in that culture got married around the age of 12. And if her husband died after seven years, that means since the age of 19 to the age of 84, Anna has been a widow. That's 65 long years of widowhood, of loneliness. Now, widowhood in any culture is tough, but especially in the first century Palestinian culture. When a woman's husband died, their land would revert back to the husband's family, so the widow was often landless. And if the widow didn't have a son to help provide for her, she would struggle financially. And it seems that Anna doesn't have a son to help her. And if she did, she probably outlived her son. Men died young in that culture. One commentator notes that widowhood in that day was a social and economic tragedy that could lead the widower to disillusionment and bitterness. It was a miserable life for widows back then. And yet, I don't detect any bitterness from Anna. She is still in her 80s, waiting and watching and hoping for the Christ. So that when the Christ, in fact, does show up, she's able to see past her circumstances, past her cataracts to the Christ. And if she had given up hope, she would never have seen him when he passed before her. But she kept hoping. She kept watching. She kept waiting. And then she went out and told everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem that the Christ had come. She was looking forward. Now, most people in their 80s, let's face it, are looking back on the good old days when women dressed modestly in the temple and rabbis didn't wear jeans to preach. But Anna, Anna is looking forward in hope to the coming of the Christ. A lot of people in that culture, the Jews, had abandoned waiting, gave up waiting. Because it's hard to wait. We hate to wait. They had waited for a political or a Messiah to come and set them free from political tyranny for 600 years. So in 587 B.C., the Jews were uh, oppressed and governed by a foreign people. First, it was the Babylonians in 587 B.C., took over Jerusalem, and then it was the Persians, then it was the Greeks, and then in the day of Jesus, it was the Roman government that had taken control of the Jews. And the Jews were tired of waiting for a Messiah to show up and set them free. So there were groups like the Zealots that formed. The Zealots thought about the government If you can't beat them, kill them. The Sadducees 
Their philosophy was, if you can't beat the Romans, join them. And then there were the Essenes. Their philosophy was, if you can't beat them, withdraw from them. And then there was Anna. Good old Anna. Who waited in hope for the Lord. And when he showed up, she saw him. Some of you have been waiting a really long time for something. And maybe you're on the verge of being swallowed up by the Grinch of despair. You're in some sort of waiting room. This, this past Monday, I was stuck in a waiting room. I went for my annual doctor appointment. I showed up at 1020. Uh, my appointment was for 1030. And at 1053, I got tired of waiting and I left. I just left, just took off. I didn't want to wait. Some of you are tempted to leave the waiting room you find yourself stuck in. What is that room for you? Some of you have been waiting a long time for a loved one to enter into a life-giving, joy-inducing, eternal friendship with God through Jesus Christ, and you've prayed, and you've shared, and you've watched, and you've hoped. Nothing. Some of you are waiting for the depression to be done, or at least diminished. Some of you are waiting for Mr. or Miss Wright Some of you are waiting for your marriage to get healthy. Some of you are waiting for your adult child to thrive. Some of you are waiting for gainful employment. Some of you are waiting to be reconciled to a friend. Some of you are waiting for an illness to be remedied, for a pain to go away. Some of you are waiting for an addiction to lose its grip. And you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And truth be told, you're on the verge of desperation and ready to leave that waiting room, to give up. Some of you are withering in the waiting room. To wither means to dry up, to shrivel up, to to, to lose vitality, to waste away spiritually. But not Anna. Eighty-four years she waited. And she doesn't seem like she's on the verge of shriveling up, (laughs) of withering in the waiting room. Most people who wait that long for something end up going crazy, becoming bitter, depressed, angry, cantankerous. Not Anna. How in the world was Anna able to wait in hope for Christmas that long? without withering. Verse 37 gives the answer. Here's what it says. Anna never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. The only way to keep from withering in the waiting room is to worship in the waiting room. Because worship of God sustains us with hope. 
Anna was in the temple night and day, night and day, corporate worship with brothers and sisters in the Lord, and then private worship, fasting and praying. Worship enabled her to wait without withering. I'm not talking about showing up and checking it off of our legalistic to-do list, you know, show up to church and just worship. This sanctuary is a waiting room, friends. This is where we show up and wait in hope. Worship sustains us to keep on watching and waiting for the thing we hope for. When we come together in worship like this, we're reminded of the realities that are more real than the air we breathe. We're reminded that Jesus Christ, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, is on the throne. We're reminded of that threefold reality. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Worship reminds us that Jesus Christ is large and in charge. Worship is an encounter with God through which we see Him and keep hoping. The only way the only way to not wither in the waiting room is to worship in the waiting room. I want to tell you about a modern-day Anna. Her name's Dorothy Osborne. She's about the same age as Anna, and that was her weight, too. She weighed about 84 pounds, little Dorothy Osborne. Uh, I was her 23-year-old pastor. Dorothy uh, was in the church I pastored, Belleville Wesleyan Church in upstate New York, uh, for decades, longtime member. She had so much love to give to people. She worshiped in the temple, in the church, night and day. She showed up every Sunday, just about, and then she was there midweek. I would show up and practice my sermon middle of the week, and there was Dorothy praying and singing. She was often singing, my eye is on the sparrow. I know he watches me. She was a horrible singer, but she meant every word. I remember uh, when people would show up on Sunday morning, a lot of my college friends came, and she would greet all of them with a hug and a kiss. Everybody who came through that door. My friends came not to hear me preach, but to get her hugs. She loved everybody. She had some disappointment. She had experienced some very difficult waiting rooms in her life. She waited for children. She waited and waited and waited, but she couldn't conceive. And then she waited for decades for her husband, Leroy, to come to faith in Christ. He had gone to church with her in the early days, but got mad at a pastor or something, just left the church, left the faith, and just made life miserable for Dorothy. And she prayed and she waited And she hoped that Leroy would come back to the faith. She would see all of her senior couple friends and wish her husband was with her in church, but he didn't come. Leroy, who weighed about 250 pounds, was angry and abusive, jealous and possessive. There were times when Dorothy didn't make it to church on Sunday, and I found out it was because he blocked the door and wouldn't let her go. Sometimes she showed up, little Dorothy did, with a bruise on her arm and a black eye. And I knew why. He was constantly berating her for serving in the church and loving Jesus. 
Yeah, she never lost hope. She would say to me, Pastor Lenny, keep praying for Leroy. He's close. He's close. God's going to get him. I just know it. Eventually, Leroy was starting to lose it a bit and had to be put in a nursing home. And I thought to myself, finally, Dorothy is free from the tyranny. And yet, multiple times a week, she would drive to see Leroy 25 minutes each way in the brutal New York winters. Oftentimes, she'd slid off the road and get in a ditch because she wanted to keep praying for him and sharing with him and seeing him come to faith in Christ. To my knowledge, that never happened. Leroy died, and Dorothy never got what she waited for and hoped for, the salvation of her husband. But here's what I want to say about Dorothy. Dorothy worshipped in the waiting room instead of withering. And she became one of the most hopeful, radiant, beautiful Christians I've ever known. Don't let the Grinch of despair steal your Christmas. Worship in the waiting room. And the arrow of your hope will hit the bullseye of Jesus Christ all the time. One of the ways we get to worship this morning is giving to the Lord tithes and offerings to proclaim the hope to the world. So let's pray as the ushers prepare for that offering. Lord, thank you for being our hope. Thank you for modern-day Annas like Dorothy Osborne. God, help us in the midst of our waiting to not wither but to worship so that we might see you in all your strength, all your power, all your glory. In the name of Christ, the King who is here, we pray. Amen.